Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Like, what I'm talking about is I'm, I'm speaking from my experience where, you know, you and Dad had pretty much told us that you don't start dating someone if you're not going to marry them. You, you know, you start a relationship and then you get married. Yeah. Dating and sex before marriage, that was a sin, that was wrong, and that pretty much made you <laughs> impure or you're going to hell or whatever. And um, maybe it wasn't just my parents, maybe it was the churches that they were involved in. I mean, a number of factors, but nonetheless, that's the message that I got. I mean, just that alone, with where they're at now, it's like clearly there's more to the story there's not it's not that black and white another episode of everyone's business but mine with me Kara Berry welcome to Plathville edition we are at the penultimate week I believe for this season join with me to discuss the two hour long episode for whatever reason host of feathers in my hair Liz Bentley hello Liz hi Kara thank you so much for having me (laughs) I really feel like you know not to like toot our own horns but you know, the the people like us, okay, together. They and do. I feel like we're really in our bag when we talk about TLC shows. So I'm really happy that you're here. I totally agree. We have certain topics that I think do very well. Uh, the life and love life of rappers, I always really like. <laughs> sure, and then yeah. TLC shows, I totally agree. And this week's episode was fucking wild. And I have so much to say because I'm so mad at Olivia Plath for making me side with that little bitch-ass Ethan, who I fucking hate, (laughs) and yet I'm on his fucking side. I'm with you. I'm totally 
totally with you. So let's get into it because we have a lot to talk about. So so much. <laughs> last we left the family, Olivia, Ethan, and Mariah had gone back up to Cairo. Um, everything seems to be fine with uh, Barry and Olivia. Barry and Ethan are working on their relationship. And so the plan was to have a celebration of life, happy birthday to their um deceased brother slash son joshua so mariah had this planned of everybody was just going to be there because she had no idea that olivia and uh, barry had uh reconnected so when they're coming up there she's like fuck now this puts me in a situation where kim can't be at these certain events because of the drama that's going on between olivia and kim so Mm -hmm. You know, Kim's feeling left out. She's pouting over the dance studio. Barry's having the time of his life. The kids are having... Oh, my God. Wait, hold on. We need to discuss this. Barry is fucking holding court. He is the king. He is like, everybody likes me. Everybody hates Kim. I fucking won. (laughs) Like, that man, I've never seen Barry smile like that, ever. He is a smitten little kitten, isn't he? Yes. He really, really is. It's it, yeah. He's he's really having a great time. You're right. I've never seen him so happy. I've never seen him so relaxed. Like, and you know, it's kind of like a an escaped prisoner. You know, <laughs> <laughs> he is. Except it's also it. like not fair because Barry's a fucking monster too. Kim's just louder, For and sure. yeah. it sucks that like everybody i think in five years people the family will kind of come around on barry being just as bad when they realize once kim and barry have been separated for quite a while that barry still fucking sucks Mm. i think they'll be like oh it wasn't just my mom's fault huh okay okay (laughs) i agree i mean i feel like like i spoke last week about how mariah and micah i think especially more made up with barry and kim because they just didn't want to deal with it not because of any sort of real resolution that happened um Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm really curious to see how all of that turns out because like it seems like ethan might be trying to take steps towards figuring something out but like they really haven't they're really just putting things over no and you know like at least at least ethan and kim kind of have it out a little bit or like they're on the same page like we're mad at each other mm-hmm. Barry and Ethan just like kind of sidestepping it and being like okay friends again like that shit's gonna come back totally totally and I really believe that this is happening because I think Ethan's really getting sick of Olivia and oh. so he's, he's like so sick of her he's so so resentful of her and now he's like I'm gonna get back the shit that I left because mm-hmm. of you, everybody you know? is getting sick of Olivia, unfortunately for Olivia. Yeah. <sighs> Olivia I, I, is in a position in which she has done a lot of good for the family, in mm-hmm. my opinion. The kids, right? Like, she came in and was like, your parents are fucking monsters. Like, yeah. you need to put up boundaries. You need a way out, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, where Olivia is really making a misstep is that she is not understanding standing that like their ultimate goal is not to be separated from the family forever and if that's Mm -hmm. her ultimate goal like they're gonna push her out and she I don't know if she's not in therapy anymore I know she was in therapy but like girly needs to get back to therapy 
I agree. There's a lot of like therapization that happens with her, but I just Mm -hmm. wonder like how honest is she being about this whole dynamic? Because the math ain't math. And for me, no, she's so clear about so many things, but this is like a real blind spot for her. So the kids all go to the old farm, the original Plathville house to go check things out. And it seems like everybody has mixed opinions about it. Like Ethan's, having a good time he actually seems pretty like lighter mm-hmm. a little bit lighter a little bit happier um mariah she's like i've only been here a few times since we moved away it's like really dark for me but she's trying to work through things this is the first time she's genuinely been happy to be back at the house and olivia is making things all about her and about how okay. like she doesn't have the history with this house. She just has it like from the last few years and how traumatic and triggering that's been for her. And it's like, okay. Okay. I, okay. Something I need to explain so that everybody understands where I'm coming from. My dad's extended family like fucking hates each other, but shared a beach house my whole life. So we all gathered together in one home, my dad and his three brothers, even though everybody and my grandmother all hated one another and we just dealt with it you know we just like got on with it Mm -hmm. and so olivia's like complete lack of ability to just like suck it up i'm like getting really tired of and i like olivia i respect olivia i have been like team olivia leave ethan fuck the plaths like you deserve better (laughs) but like hearing her be like it's really triggering for me to be here i'm like what like what what do you what do you mean like if she had said like you know I came to the the farm at like 18 and honestly I hated it here because I thought I was like escaping my really restrictive family and I was really just walking into another one so like yeah I never really liked it here much but like it's nice to be here with Ethan and the kids like it's just her acting like this is a spot of like actual and I'm not saying like Kim didn't cause trauma I'm not saying that because I do believe that Kim like terrorized Olivia it's just like her complete lack of perspective and the way that she is centering centering herself is really off-putting yeah it, I she has no sense of like introspection of the fact that like her feelings are not on the same level as like this nuclear family like you guys are yeah. family but you're not family you know, <laughs> and like two no different family happening here. And Kim, like I said, I believe Kim terrorized Olivia, but she's making it seem like Kim beat the shit out of her at that house. Right. Like I, right. I, I don't. And I'm somebody that's experienced a lot of trauma, and I really consider myself empathetic to people's trauma. I just Olivia is spiraling. You know what? Mm-hmm. Like something is going on, and I think when she looks back at this, I bet she's embarrassed. I bet she's embarrassed by this whole thing. Um, in the I talking heads, so. in the talking heads, she seems kind of embarrassed. I think kind of, she is reaching like an emotional bottom that is making everything like really out of control for her. And I hope when she gets some more stable position, she'll be like, yeah, that was kind of nuts of me to act. like That was like my main source of trauma being on the farm. I really, really hope so. And I think it's, I mean, it's an unfair of me to make any assumption about 
things, but I feel like she might be carrying some resentment of her own parents. On a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Cause I mean, we don't really talk about her family that much, but like yeah. they are just as responsible for Olivia marrying Ethan as Kim and Barry are for Ethan marrying Olivia, you know, oh, yeah. like they, they are all a part of this. A thousand percent. So I have so many thoughts. Okay. So they're like running around the household. I thought we were going to have to watch a scene of Ethan and Isaac climbing a tree for like five minutes, but <laughs> fortunately Micah surprises everybody. Um, you know, I thought it was pretty sad that when they were running around the house, Micah and Ethan <laughs> at one point wanted to jump out the window and Isaac was following after them. And they were like, no, you have to, like total big brother stuff. Like you have to wait. And then they like ran away from him. But he said the saddest thing. Okay. Was- I was crying. I legitimately was crying. Yeah. He said, I just wonder, like, in these times, like, they treat me like a little brother, and I am. But I just think about, like, what if Josh was here and, like, what sort of (laughs) dynamic we would have? Like, oh. Okay. Because in big families like this, I've always noticed this. There are pairs, right? In groups. And they, like, pair off and they group off. And Isaac is, like, a lot. Not a lot in, like, regular family terms. But in Plath family terms. Isaac is a lot younger than Ethan and Micah, and it's clear that Joshua was, was supposed to be his buddy, right? Like, his pair-off. Yeah. And that there's, like, a real dynamic missing there. It really, like, truly made me sad the way he was talking about it. And obviously, like, Micah and Ethan were not being malicious at all. They were just, like, playing yeah. around. Yeah. But, yeah, hearing that was, like, that's so sad. I also think Isaac has one of the toughest roles in the family because the brothers left very suddenly and quickly. He's not allowed to talk to them. Um, And then he's just like stuck with Lydia and the little girls. And like, he (laughs) is suddenly the only boy at home after probably not getting any attention his whole childhood. I mean, he was only a year older than Joshua. Right. So Mm -hmm. um, like the boy, the big boys are grouped together, right? Like the big kids are grouped together. The little girls are grouped together he was like a middle child anyway. And then his buddy dies and they don't talk about him. And like, I I just feel like Isaac has a really hard, just like actual like age role in their family. Yeah. I I totally agree with you. And I think like, like my sisters and I have such a big age group that I can't really relate to this, but I Mm -hmm. would imagine like in 10 years, this age difference is not going to matter between them. But now it's like super important because he's like, at that age where he gets it and he's like kind of figuring life out and they're like the cooler older siblings and he probably really wants to hang out with them but it's like it's just not quite there yet and it's nobody's fault but it's just yeah. like that thing and you know it yeah. just really broke my heart that he's okay that. i'm looking now and micah is like five years older than uh isaac and isaac was you know like 18 months older than joshua and also yeah. like isaac has the dynamic of being alive when Joshua died but not remembering him because he was only like two and I just think he's like he has a tough he has a tough family position which is like a real major thing in these big families for sure by the way Kim Plath was pregnant like every year for nine years in a row I was thinking about that (laughs) nine this is when Ethan is born in 98 Hosanna was born in 99 Micah 2001 Mariah 2002 Lydia, 2004, Isaac, 2005, Joshua, 2007, Joshua dies in 2008, then Amber, 2009. No. 
absolutely not. <laughs> I don't even know like what to do with that information. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so long. That's so long. I know. I can't. I, I got to move on. Um, so yeah, Micah comes and uh, Barry and Lydia then show up. And I don't know if you notice this, but Lydia just cracks me up. Like literally everything she does is so funny to me. As soon as Lydia gets out of the truck, she like kicks her little flip flops off and like runs to them full force. <laughs> it really, really cracked me up. Like, girl, like, uh, Lydia was very funny in these episodes. She's in a weird stage of life, like where she's like not allowed to go to college or whatever because of her parents, but like is working, but like is still a child. It's very weird what what's going on with Lydia. Yeah, she's like, yeah, like half child, half single mother with three children at home. <laughs> Truly, she needs to get married, which well, I would never I, say about an 18-year-old ever. But I'm like, someone, some man needs to come in and take a Lydia for something. Marriage. An intervention needs to happen for sure. And it's not going to be that creepy weirdo. I don't know this boy, but that boy that she met at the convention like 15 years ago. It's not going to be him, Lydia. Okay. Oh, Lydia. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Poor, poor her. God. Um, By the way, I do want to say I found all of the playing on the farm stuff to be incredibly endearing. I think it was a nice relief after. I mean, the reason I love the Plaths is because it's a genuine destruction of a family on television. I've said that before. I like it thrills me in a way I truly can't describe, like knowing how real it is that they're falling apart. But there yeah. it was like kind of a sense of relief, like watching them all play together, how the little girls just like climb on Olivia. Like they're fucking obsessed with Olivia. Yes. Like they love her so much. And it's so sweet watching her walking around holding two little girls' hands with a third one, like dragging her by the neck. Like <laughs> and I will say their ability to climb trees is truly impressive yeah well could... they didn't go to school they just climbed trees all day <laughs> apparently and it shows honestly like get into surf to soleil or something they should think about it it's, it's, it's an idea for you isaac um so while everybody's having fun kicking up around the farm playing with the horses and stuff uh kim's at the family home pouting folding towels and talking about how she's going to be by herself because everybody's at the farm now hopeful it is to not be included in a celebration on her deceased son's birthday which i fully <laughs> and have I, love, I it's kind of shocking to me like how much i'm finding myself on kim's side and a lot of this stuff because i truly think kim is like one of the most villainous people i've ever watched yeah. on television but like <laughs> can't help herself like she all it always all roads lead back to her because she immediately says after that like Ethan and Olivia have obviously chosen sides and they've chosen Barry's side and it's like why do you have to victimize yourself you can yeah. have that statement and let it be because that was true girl you should be there it is yeah. your fault. <laughs> yeah a hundred percent she makes it about Barry and not about like the fact that she, the thing with Kim is that she you're right she can't help herself but Kim's also smart, and she's going to hound in on this Joshua stuff for the rest of Olivia's life until Olivia oh. leaves Ethan. Are you kidding? Well, and Olivia was a fucking idiot for serving that up on a silver platter. On a platter. It's so annoying. <laughs> like You really gave her like the greatest gift, the sickest, greatest gift that you could ever give a woman like Kim. Yeah. And that's really a shame. Um. So a producer asked Kim if she's planning on going to the gravesite the next day. And she's like, yeah, absolutely. And whoever wants to be there can be there. And whoever doesn't, doesn't, Olivia. Okay. 
So then as everybody's getting to the grave, Isaac calls their mom to make sure she's coming. And it seems like Ethan has been prepared and just assumed that Kim was going to be there this whole time. And he also assumed that Olivia assumed that, but now like finding out that she's feeling some type of way. And this is where things really start getting weird. Yes. And although I am like almost completely on Ethan's side for all of this, but, and I guess this is an Olivia problem too. How do you not wake up on the morning of, and turn to your husband and say, is your mom coming to your dead brother's gravesite today? Like, yeah. that would be the first thing out of my mouth. And this is something that drives me nuts about Olivia in that, like, Ethan is a terrible communicator. Like, I truly cannot be imagined married to Ethan. I would yeah. off myself. Like, the, his everything about him drives me insane. But, like, why would Olivia not assume that Kim is going to be there? Or at least inquire, you know? Like, hey, yeah. you know anything about Kim coming today? Right. The fact that it did never even occur to her shows me that it seems like she's more like Kim than we. Exactly. <laughs> and it's like, honestly, and I don't care. I, I don't care how this makes me sound. You have to be a piece of fucking shit to not be like your mom should be there. Full I stop. I don't care what Kim did. Ethan has her out of his life right now, but Ethan does not hate Kim, right? Like, and Olivia knows that. And the fact that, like, you for one second can't just, like, say to your husband, I know your mom needs to be there. Like, I I just, I don't get it because I think Olivia is a nice, compassionate, caring person, and I don't understand what's going on here. Is this, okay, exactly. it doesn't make sense. It does not make any sense why she would think that she is entitled to be involved in this person who she's never even met life and his, his celebration of life and not the mother. Like, what? This is Olivia's day, apparently. Like, it does not make any sense. Hearing her center herself over and over again, I'm like, holy shit. This is crazy. Yeah. Poor Mariah is, like, <sighs> shaking because she was like, fuck like I told Olivia and I assured her that there were going to be separate events that Kim wasn't going to be at and now like you know like it's my issue and now she's getting pissed off because now she's finally realizing that like this is a lot this is exhausting for her to have to deal with Olivia expecting there to be two events like if Mariah came to me and I'm Olivia and she's like there's going to be two events I'd be like Mariah don't worry I'll do what you need me to do do you yeah. want? Do you think it's too much if I come? Is that going to upset Kim? This is Kim's son. I don't want to be the drama. Like I don't worry about it. Like this is your brother's day. This is Olivia's. Like this is the celebration of my husband's dead son. Is the way that she's talking about it. Not right. or my dad's dead brother. Not this is a celebration of Joshua, the son of Kim and Barry, the sibling of my husband and these people that I love. It's like she comes first. Right. Exactly. It's <laughs> and what Mariah, Mar- like I thought Mariah was really poignant when she said, you know, Olivia is over here having a little tantrum and she hasn't asked me once how I feel today. A thousand percent. I love that she said that. She's like, listen, Olivia can make the decision for herself. You know, like I don't know what to tell her. This is such a big issue. And like, I just really feel like Olivia should be able to get over it honestly and then so mariah then has to go over to olivia and tell her that they're basically at the point where whoever is 
going to come to the gravesite. It's just going to be there. AKA Kim is going to be there. And Olivia. By the way, why do they talk like that? Why don't you just walk up to her and be like, Kim's coming? Why do they talk? It tried the way that they talk to each other drives me nuts. This is what I say about sister wives, how they just need a Jewish person or Italian person or someone to come and clap in their face. Like, that's how I feel. Like, why? Like, the way, well, you know, whoever's going to be there, like, just walk up to her and be like, Kim's coming. Exactly, because the result is the same. So just say it. Yeah, it it, it drives me insane right. <laughs> the way that these the culture of these people. <laughs> it's like, why don't we just get do two plus two instead of like two divided by <laughs> plus another two squared? You know, like why even go all the, like? I, I would have walked right up there and been like, "Liv, Kim's coming. What do you want to do?" Like, right. <laughs> like, hey, um, just so you know, she'll be there. Like, it, it does not change the reality of the situation. She'll still be there. <laughs> At the end of the answer, she'll still be there. So just say it. Um, so Mar- uh, Olivia has the nerve to look at a- at Mariah and say, who decided that? Bitch. I thought, <laughs> I thought we had decided that this was not going to happen. I'm like, <laughs> I... I really wonder, because like I said, I really believe Olivia is a good person. I wonder how she felt watching this episode. I like hearing, and she loves Mariah. She's Mariah's best friend. Yeah. And I wonder what it felt like to hear Mariah say that on the talking head, like that she didn't even ask me. Like, I would have felt, I mean, first of all, I wouldn't have done what Olivia did, but like, I would have felt like the scum of the earth. If I heard my best friend say something like that about like, something so important oh my god yeah i would have been i would have felt so like yeah sick yeah embarrassed like and rightfully so yeah rightfully as, as you should yeah which makes it worse you know <laughs> which makes it that much worse um yeah olivia says in a confessional she's like i'm just really taken aback by this and like it's just taken me years to work through the trauma of what happened with kim and you know all of this is just moving a little bit too fast for me but you know i'm just feeling like a little bit panicky and then olivia tells mariah to just do what's best but then she says in a confessional that part of her feels like she should let this go but then the other part of her is saying you're not making this up in your head. You're not crazy. The things that happened with Kim are real. And therapy. Okay. This is where the therapizing. You're so right. Like that's she's using therapy language there, but not in a constructive or healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. Like Kim's present doesn't invalidate anything that happened. <laughs> doesn't and, make and real. No, everybody is being so kind to Olivia and so gracious of like her feelings and the fact that like Olivia can't step back and be like, wow, like every, I, there, of course I'm not being invalidated because Mariah is like coming out of the way to like talk to me about this and everybody's telling me I don't have to go. And like, honestly, like if anything, Olivia has been like extremely blessed with the way that the family has always responded to her versus Kim. Like everybody's always believed her. They've always been exceedingly kind. And now that I'm thinking about it, you're absolutely right. Because I'm thinking about how my sister would respond to this situation. And Olivia would have been in a puddle in that farm. She would have been like, my sister would have been so direct with her about like, this is what it is. Like, deal with it or not. Like, this is a reality. Uh, Black and white, black and white. And Olivia would not have been able to handle that. Here's the thing. What Olivia is doing, and I, what you said about her doing like, basically like, fucked up therapy is very right because she's acting like this is a boundary but really she's being an asshole and there is a difference like people 
can act like certain things are boundaries, but like refute like making a scene about Kim's son's grave is not a boundary. If there was a right. real boundary, like you would have woken up that morning, like I said, found out what the fuck was going on and then left and not like had a temper tantrum. You know what I mean? Like the boundary is like being like, yeah, I understand that this is for Kim and not for me. Ethan, I love you so much. I, it's going to be a scene if I'm there. We will do something special. I'm going to go back to Tampa or I'm going to go stay somewhere. And like, I want your family to be the center of this day. Like that's a boundary. What Olivia is doing is just being an asshole. Yep. Yep. So at this point, this is where Mariah's like, she hasn't checked in on me at all. I just, I have been taking this entire time checking in on Olivia's feelings and it's fucked up. And so Ethan tries to follow after Olivia, after clearly Mariah and Olivia have this conversation. She's now shut down. She's stomping her way into the car and like not wanting to talk. And He's like, I'm not understanding where all this emotion is coming from. She's fully having a tantrum. And he's like, I want to know when it's going to be time for her to move on. Like, for real. Because it's true, right? Like, nobody's... And the thing is, it's like, nobody's asking Olivia to make up with Kim. And that's the part that kills me. It's not like they're walking around being like, you need to get the fuck over it and be friends with mom. And you need to be good with mom. They're just being like, you need to not have panic attacks at the mention of her name like yeah you, you need to figure out a way that you can like exist on earth knowing kim also exists on earth like you it, it, they're not like that's the crazy part it's not like ethan's being like you need to like my mother like he's not asking that of her at all at all and like put it into perspective and think what do you think that she what do you think is the worst case scenario like i wish the production had asked her like what do you think will happen if you and kim see each other yeah, and this is where I'm like, she needs to go back to therapy because whatever she has built up in her mind that Kim is, Kim is not. Kim is not. No. no. She's giving Kim so much power over her life, and her life is suffering because of the amount of power that she's giving to Kim. And that's like... And her marriage. And, and, and her marriage. And this is where I remember Olivia's 24, you know? Like, yeah. it's where I try and give a little bit of grace that she's yeah. 24 and has yeah. very few life skills because of her childhood. But, like, she needs a neutral third party to be like, why are you letting Kim have this much power over you? hmm Yep. Yeah, she needs to talk to somebody who's, like, not in this situation. Yeah, to be like, girl, what? Like, you, you have let this woman come between you and your husband you and your best friend mariah like you look shitty on tv like what are you doing yep to what end to what end so then she said something about how her body has a reaction and it's like when that happens it's hard to get herself out of it so yeah she yeah she's having a panic attack i get it but like take a xanax and lay down calm down Ramona Singer said it best. Yeah, take his uh, annex, calm down. Exactly. <laughs> like, hit a joint, like, figure it out. Or the other thing that, like, just why from the jump she isn't just, like, I, I can't deal with this. It's the stomping around. It's the temper tantrum. It's the making Ethan and the little girls late because she won't make a decision on what she's going to do. It's coming with the crew member and sitting in the car it's the production around it, not necessarily her not wanting to go. Exactly. Exactly. So Kim and Barry go to the gravesite first together. Mm-hmm. 
and Kim asked Barry how the night was before, and he's like, oh, it was great. It was so great. I mean, I was the <laughs> best thing we've ever done, Kim. <laughs> F-A-M-I-L-Y. I love you guys. Oh, sorry, you also weren't there. My bad. And she looks him dead in his face, and she's like, yeah, well, I'm sad that I wasn't wanted there. <laughs> So then the kids start to arrive. Wait, hold on. Do yeah. you think that Kim, I think where Kim made a miscalculation is that I think she is such a narcissist. She truly thought everybody would be on her side. And she is like shook that <laughs> they, that they're picking Barry. I think that is like really, I think that's thrown her for quite a loop. I do not think she thought this would happen. Oh no. She thought that she was going to be the like loveless wife to this like horrible man and everybody was going to be like mommy so sorry have your drink and find some love and mm-hmm. wear mini skirts and yeah that didn't happen at all and she's pissed and it's really mm-hmm. funny it's really funny to watch yeah. i love it um <laughs> so yeah so the kids start to arrive and ethan's just there with the little girls without olivia and he's now pissed off because he's like, the day started off really great. But as soon as Kim got brought into the picture, the shit hit the fan. I just don't really have the bandwidth for much more of this. And Olivia says she was a mess. She's saying this in a confessional, like after the fact. She was a mess. Ethan didn't know how to deal with her. So he decided to just go off with the kids. And she rode over with a member of production, which I think is probably the shittiest thing because she's talking about like you know i i felt like i had to choose between um facing kim or like not facing it all and i like did something in the middle and it's just like the attention that comes with sitting in a car and everybody knows that you're in the car with production and you're just like looking from on high and watching them (laughs) exactly that's what i'm saying like make a choice don't be a both sides bitch it's weird I hate a fence sitter. That's like something I really hate in a person. And that's what she's doing. Pick a side. Pick a wall boots. It's it's awful. I, I would have been really pissed off. And I would have oh. been like, you believe. I Oh, I would have stormed up to that car and opened the door and started yeah. yelling at her. I can like perfectly envision myself like stomping up to the car and opening the door. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like I can picture my face and my what my fingers and hands are doing oh i would have lost it <laughs> it's some real punk shit like for real like for yeah. real so once everybody's there barry decides to make things awkward immediately he's like hey so is everybody happy that everybody else is here you know maybe in the future hosanna and olivia can also be here too i have that wish and are I, we all good i like how they're like well i wonder why hosanna is in here it's like because she doesn't want to be on tv dum dum <laughs> yeah because she's not really part of your family because your family was like fuck hosanna we want the tv exactly exactly and the husband and the husband. i want i want hosanna to come on this fucking show uh me too from your from your mouth to god's ears so get can- lydia to write that on a little post-it note and put it up in her prayer closet <laughs> make sure she spells it correctly and <laughs> Send it up on high. Um, so Kim says hi to Ethan. He won't even make eye contact with her. The camera's zooming over to the minivan that Olivia's sitting in. <laughs> but I will say, Ethan's not being, like, out of pocket. He's not being, he's just, he's not being dramatic. He's not causing a scene. He's doing what Olivia could have and should have done. Yeah. 
he's being as polite and as surface as he needs to be. Yes. That's it. Um, it's awkward, but it was going to be. This is like the best case scenario. Yeah. Um, so a producer asks Olivia if she thinks that the family understands what's going on with her in this moment. And she says no. And then the producer asks Olivia if she understands what's going on with her. And she's like, well, all I can say is that I felt like I was reeling emotionally in that moment. And I was just looking for support because I don't know how to manage myself. And I feel so out of control. And okay. Okay. Like, can I just say, though? This is, like, truly one of the most real thing that's ever happened on reality television. <laughs> like, drama around visiting a dead child's grave. Like, that's incredible. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you could not have written that. <laughs> like, it, it's a true Mad Libs. You're <laughs> like, like, that's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> I love this show. Like, there's a lot of fake dumb shit on this show when you watch, like, Micah fake date and Mariah play the guitar. But, like, the pain and, like, hatred of family members is real. It is very real. And it's such a pleasure to watch, you know? I know. I know. <laughs> My sister wives is good again. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for her to come back. And and soon. I'm so happy. Know, like, next month. Next month, you guys. September 11th. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't think of a better date. Yeah, you're not going to forget that, are you? <laughs> um, Mariah has this really sad moment where she reveals that she was, like, six when Josh died. And she was, like, really close to the car <sighs> when all of this happened. And sometimes the memory just, like, flashes into her mind like it was just yesterday. And then she says that the first thing when she thinks about Josh is she thinks about that moment. And... <sighs> This was supposed to be, Olivia, the uh, event where she could reframe these memories as, like, happy and not think about, I don't know, her brother getting run over every time she thinks of it. But now here you are in production's minivan crying and making a fuss out of yourself. So, thank Here's my question. How, like, the way these people compartmentalize things in their life is so confusing to me because i'm crying more watching this scene than kim is standing at the grave of her dead son like what is going on here like mariah also says that they never talked about it which i totally believe right like yep. just I, like didn't happen i which like uh, uh, it's so and i'm like is this the first time they've all been to the grave together do they ever celebrate joshua's birthday i would wonder i really wonder she definitely said that they hadn't been in a while. I wonder if Kim and Barry go, but like the kids don't always go, et cetera. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Oh God, I just—it's so sad. Um, so they're about to leave. Oh, because you now Ethan says something about compartmentalizing about how like he, like. Mariah is saying that she's like trying to like work through her feelings and like grief will find you if you bury mm -hmm. it. But then immediately Ethan's like, I've been burying this the whole time. <laughs> Ethan's like, feelings? What are those? <laughs> Not familiar. Uh, can't relate. I've been, it's been a lot. so broken. He is oh, so man. broken. When, like, things come up and he, like, explodes. I, by the way, I cannot stop thinking. I know this is earlier in the season. 
I think, right? I met, it must have been on TV and not in like an interview. But when Ethan was like, well, I lie a lot because, you know, like my parents were like really strict. So I had to be sneaky, which is totally a thing. Right. But he was like, yeah. so I just I lie and I lie all the time still. And like he says it so fucking casually and as a fact with no I should change this. This is no, 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 bad. No. Like I cannot stop thinking about him saying that it was so fucking weird. He seemed proud of himself. Like, this is a skill that I've honed, and we're going to keep it going. Thanks, guys. He's like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just a liar. <laughs> it feels great. Have you tried it? Like, it's so, you would expect him to be like, oh, I, I, like, came, I, as a kid, like, I adapted this, like, really bad coping skill, and it's really hurting me as an adult. But Ethan's like, I don't know. <laughs> Well, he has moments of clarity. Yes. But then it just goes right back down. Yeah. Back he, down. he, oh, he needs, he needs to do some work. A lot. A lot of work. Um, oh, my God. So as they're about to leave, Ethan hugs Barry, but not Kim. And then he starts to feel a little bit awkward. So he goes over to the car and tells Kim, not today, but like one day we w- need to have a conversation. So she's like, great um so then the afterwards kim's like olivia's such a dumb bitch like because <laughs> guess what ethan would not have done if olivia was standing there right olivia would have grabbed his hand and they would have walked right to the car he would not have gone up to kim and asked to meet up with her i Never guarantee you and that's why kim sat there like the whole time being like oh olivia's not here and then she got exactly what she fucking wanted. And this is why Olivia needs to fucking step up to the plate. Because Kim's playing chess and Olivia's playing checkers. <laughs> if we're going to do this, like, let's really do it. Put, put yeah. your shoes on, girl. Yeah. Take your earrings off. Yeah. I, <laughs> with you. Uh, Olivia's pulling Kim's hairs. Kim punches her in the face. <laughs> you're exactly, you're exactly right. Uh, okay, so the older kids decide to go play pool. Not Lydia, because she's got to go back to her job. <laughs> Lydia, Lydia's like, I have bills to pay. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, do you think that she gets any sort of payments? Because she would have been before 18. Do you think that, like, maybe she's just now getting a trust? I'm wondering how TLC is working now, because, you know, we know that Jim Bob was just running shit. And- yeah. Uh, that's a great question. I think all the big kids get like a decent salary, which I was surprised in the next episode when Ethan said that there were spotty Mariah's bills. I'm like, where was TLC? They're on season four. Like that's real money by season four. Um, I bet Lydia is getting a per episode payment or maybe even a per DM, like each time she films. Uh, you know, recently Michael Vicky Michael Gumbelson, that's not his last name, but you know, Michael Gumbelson mm-hmm. said that by the end of his time filming, he was getting a day rate of fifteen hundred dollars or something, or thirty five hundred dollars. Like and I bet Olivia or Lydia gets a day rate. I hope so. She better. I mean, you know, I imagine that like the Bravo celebrities to you know, not for nothing, they're a little bit smarter. A little bit more streetwise. Yeah. About I also story. would have told you there's no fucking way that Jim Bob is taking everybody's paycheck and TLC is paying him directly, not the kids. I would have been like, you're out of your fucking mind. Of course right. they're getting paid. What are you talking about? <laughs> you're a fucking idiot. Why would you believe that? I probably said that to someone. Like, why would you even believe that? That doesn't make any fucking sense. Egg on your face, girl. Egg <laughs> <Truly>. on your face. <laughs> um, so 
Okay, so the kids decide to go play pool together. And Ethan and Olivia ride together, but, like, there something happened. Like, he's not being nice to her on the ride there. He's, like, getting out of the car. She's like, you're being rude. You've been ignoring me all day. And Ethan says in a confessional, like, what's done is done. Like, I know she wants to have a conversation with me. I know she wants to talk to me. But, like, what happened today happened. There's really no point in a conversation. I just want to be yeah, left Also, alone. like another olivia issue is that like i understand i'm somebody that wants to talk right like i cannot stand somebody that runs away when they when i want to have a conversation with them i find that infuriating but also like olivia this is your husband you know him very well you've now had a little bit of time to cool off right like you have sat in that car you have to realize Ethan does not want to talk right now and just back the fuck up for one minute. Like usually I'm on her side with like how annoying it is that he runs away and he goes and works on the car and he ignores her. Like, yes, but like Olivia, you fucked up. So you have to take the step back and let Ethan do his coping thing, which is ignoring you for a little while. And you'll talk later. It's okay. It's like, it just, the temper tantrum of it all is so insane. Yeah, like, give him a pass for once for, I don't know, wanting to be with his family and have, like, a nice light moment after they basically just had a memorial. Like, yeah. maybe he doesn't want to have any sort of heavy conversation with anybody right now. Yeah, and, like, he, you know, you can't give him, like, this one moment. And that's, like, the whole day. This is where, you know, I have been uh, advocating for them to get a divorce since season one. Like, I, they need to divorce. They both need completely different types of partners. I think that Olivia has been an incredible first wife for Ethan. Um, I don't think he's been such a great first husband for her. But, you know, it was like an okay starter marriage. And this is where it, like, it's like Olivia, I think Olivia is so used to being in the right with Ethan like so used to being in the right with Ethan that yeah. when she's in the wrong, she spirals and she doesn't yeah. know what to do. Yeah. Me. Cause it's rare. <laughs> Me with any relationship. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause when you're right and you're emotion, you have high emotional intelligence and the person that you're with doesn't in those moments where you fuck up. I, I think that she doesn't know what to do, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean she's reverting to like their normal fight roles but this is not a normal fight because this is not Ethan's fault this is 100% your fault what like general type do you want to see them with what part oh I have this whole thought out okay okay so Ethan needs a much more mild-mannered partner I think Olivia mm -hmm. was incredible for like waking him up right like I think Olivia shook him awake was like your parents are terrible <laughs> like you need to get a job like you need to live a life um but I think he needs somebody that won't challenge him as much because Ethan is who he is right like he's never going to be this deep emotional guy that wants to have all of these conversations he needs somebody that like is a little more traditionally Christian like I don't know if Ethan believes they were going to church in season one I don't know if they're still going to church but like he needs a more traditional in some aspects like Christian mother wife that will understand his family's mess up and not push him to be close with the family, but also understand that like he does want to see his family. So she'll allow that. You know what I mean? Like he mm -hmm. just needs somebody that like will go with the flow a lot more that um is more Duggar like in personality, like Duggar girl like in personality, you know, like a little bit meek. Yeah. Meek. Yes. Yes. And, but like, I think he wants somebody that pushes back a little. That's why he likes Olivia. But yeah. I I think he just needs somebody that, like, 
one accepts the emotional lack of intelligence he has and accepts that like his family is always going to be like a real sore spot for him that you're just going to have to support him through, which means maybe you're not talking to them for two years and then maybe he'll wake up one day and want to talk to them and you got to ride with that. Like, yeah, gosh. And then for Olivia, Olivia (laughs) needs a man that's about 10 years older, has Mm -hmm. a successful career, maybe doesn't want kids because I don't know if Olivia wants kids wants to travel because you know olivia's dragging ethan like all over europe which imagine yeah. ethan in paris i i truly it I imagine walking around paris and seeing ethan like right. that tall ass pasty man with the bright red skin oh that'd be terrifying um oh God. but like oh, she God. needs somebody that's like older uh that can fuck really well because she's probably never had good sex in her entire life like mm-hmm. She needs somebody that I think that she can have a true partnership with. And she doesn't have that with Ethan, you know, like she I could really see her with somebody who uh, was like also married young and got divorced and like has a cool career and they just live like a normal like mid 30s couple in New York. You know what I mean? Like that's the type of life she wants. Yeah. Or like Portland or something. like Yeah. That. Yeah. Like but yeah, like a. A adult couple that like a childless mid thirties couple is like what she's going for. But unfortunately yeah. she's 24 and was raised fundamentalist. And so this is where she is now. Yeah. Oh, and also Ethan needs somebody who wants to live in Cairo, who maybe wants to have two kids. Like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like he just needs somebody a lot more traditional. Yeah. Somebody who doesn't mind that he like sneaks off for eight hours and, you know, won't say something when he comes back. Smell like yeah. Free. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Imagine only having sex with Ethan in your life. That's tough. That's upsetting. It upsets me. Yeah. There is like a horniness to him. Not like I'm vibes, but he's definitely horny. He's horny as hell, but he's like a bunny humper. Like, yeah. 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 Yes. That's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. Oh my gosh. So, okay. Olivia follows after Ethan to tell him that he's been rude all day. And he's like, you know, I feel like you were rude for not showing up to my dead brother's gravesite. So there's that. And he just. Tara, I screamed. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> and now we said it. And now we fucking said it because, like, damn, I would be like, oh. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. 
cold world. Cold First of all, I was actually proud. I was proud of Ethan in that moment. Mm-hmm. That's not easy for Ethan to do that. No, it was perfect. Yes. It wasn't too. It wasn't mean. Straight to the point. He didn't, ins- he didn't insult her. He didn't call her name. He just nope. said the fucking fact of the day. Yeah. So that that's so on good. you. That was on- like being punched in the face. Like, oh, I would have felt but, so like, I did it. that. Like, I was embarrassed. Like, damn, I really fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I would have like done an Alex Mack, like sink into a puddle <laughs> at that moment. Like, I would be right. so upset and embarrassed. Right. Because what do you say back to that? You don't, you don't say shit. And you, and the thing with this is like, I think Olivia in the talking head, like the talking heads where she's crying later. And I think even after he said that to her, I think she's having a real realization of like, ah, I fucked that up and I cannot go back. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. <laughs> that is something that we cannot uh, fix. I just really fucked that up. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, she's able to admit in a confessional that she was just being really self-involved with her feelings, and she didn't even consider that not showing up would have impacted anybody else. And, you know, it was really harsh to hear what Ethan just said, but it also made her realize how much pain he was in. And that Ethan says... When she said that she didn't consider how important it was that she went... What? What are you talking about? Even for Ethan, you know for Mariah how big of a deal this is. Yeah. Yeah. She says something in a second, too. Hold on. Ethan says that he's really tried hard over the last last few years to stand up for Olivia, but he feels like in this moment she's not really doing the same for him, which is totally correct. Yes. And that was really astute of him I think yeah. and this is what I mean where he needs like a spouse that like will ride with the family issues where they'll be he'll be on Ethan's side when it comes to not wanting to see Kim but when Kim has to come she'll be there next to Ethan Olivia not being willing to stand next to Ethan at such a monumental moment like against his mother when he was seeing his mother for the first time in mm-hmm. years and seeing her for the first time in so long at such an emotional moment the fact that Olivia could not stand with her husband and on that support. moment yeah. Go file for divorce because that like how do you come back from that? I don't know if you do. I really don't. I don't. Oh my gosh. Um they get Micah's opinion on the whole thing at one point and he's over it. And he's like, I don't understand why you can't set things aside. There's clearly something bigger going on. And yeah, Olivia's feelings are valid, but she also needs to realize that not everything is about her feelings. Like, <sighs> thank you, Micah. I'm I'm obsessed with him. Okay. I, Micah is the introspective king. Um, I did tweet this out earlier, but I would like to see a poly married and dating season three with Ethan and a thruple with a man and a woman, like a male, male, female thruple. I that's my or not Ethan, Micah. Sorry, that's my uh, Micah dream. I want to see him in a thruple with a man and a woman. I think it would be incredible because Micah is my bi king. Micah is letting men suck his dick, and he basically said as much on camera. We love it. Okay, we are forced to stand. Whatever is going on with him, I love it, and I support it, and I want to see more of it. I really, really do. <laughs> like, I kind of, I hate his scenes in LA. I don't care about Anita or whatever her name is. Like, I, but when he's in the family dynamic, which is obviously why TLC was like, "Get on the fucking plane, you idiot!" Like, you have to yeah. be there for this. Um the family dynamic of it all he is i think it's because he 
his place in the family, I think family roles are so important, especially in a family like the Plaths. And mm-hmm. I think his place in the family, Ethan, I think was like a punching bag. Mariah was really bad. And I think he and Hosanna kind of like shifted around and because he's a boy. And I think he was kind of able to live like, really out of Kim's like firing range and that gives them like a much better perspective on their entire family than Ethan or Mariah have. Yeah. It's like the best case scenario for like a middle child, you know, where he's kind of like forgotten about, but he's took that in the best way and used his freedom to like learn about the world and really get out there. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah. Um, So this is where Olivia really fucks me up. So the producer asks Olivia if she feels like she let her feelings get in the way of the situation and she starts to get emotional, but then she kind of turns it back around on herself. And she's like, I just didn't have the capacity to think about how much the kids may have wanted or needed my support. But like Olivia, what they wanted and needed from you was to shut the fuck up and just be there. Like (laughs) this wasn't about them needing you. This was about you not being an asshole. (laughs) That's it. Like, it's so it's so nuts to me. It's so nuts to me. And I'm wondering why the producers didn't ask her about Mariah. I'm curious. Maybe they cut it, but like, cause they, I mean, Mariah said that on camera that she's mad at Olivia about it. I cannot believe that they didn't set that up as a storyline. Yeah. It, it, yeah. It is surprising that they didn't set that up because obviously things come to a head uh, next week, which I'm very excited about, but can't wait. Um, so, yeah, Mariah says in a confessional that this is the day that she's reached her breaking point with all the drama with Olivia, and she's tired of these fragile relationships and, like, having to walk on eggshells for somebody else's feelings, and she just spent, like, three to four years of her life trying to make this person, Olivia, happy, mm-hmm. but then you make one decision that makes them unhappy and affects your whole relationship, and that's not what a true friend is, and... <laughs> It really hurts to say, but that's not the reality. That's the reality that she's waking up to. And I loved it. That was wild. I think Olivia is also going to learn the hard lesson. And this is a truth that sucks, right? Is that when you are, like, in a situation like that and you are open about your trauma and open about what's going on and your mental health and for a long time everybody will be really supportive of it and then when you don't get better, people people start to clock out, you know, like they, it becomes too much for them and it's not always fair, right? Like it's not always fair, but it's just reality. And that's part of why it's like our responsibility to try so hard to get better because like at a certain point, like people get compassion fatigue and that's clearly what's going on with everyone. Cause I think they're like, we gave her the space. A thousand percent because she says like, I'm tired of having to choose. And if I'm forced to have to choose, I'm going to go with the person who's not been making me choose. And it, she's like, so right. And not like, honestly, I thought that was extremely wise. And it like is a really big life lesson for everybody. I feel like is that people don't like to like, they are going to go with the past path of least resistance almost every time, even yeah. if it's not necessarily the right one. And like, you have to be able to have enough introspection on yourself to make sure that like, especially these people that are being so loving and supportive with you for so long to make sure that you're not the wrench in the wheel or the, you know what I mean? Like you're not the issue, like keep Kim the issue 
and make yeah. keep Kim the monster and be very much the one that's like, it's totally fine if you do that. And then people are a lot more supportive of you. Yep. Completely. Completely. And, and all, I, by the way, I do want to say this is like, I just need to keep reminding myself Olivia is 24 because that is such a 24-year-old life lesson. You know what I mean? Like, That's exactly what I was going to say is that like everything that happens between the ages of like 13 to like 24 is like your whole life, your whole universe, and you just think that everything is like in absolutes. And I can understand why Olivia's thinking we made this team. We were like yeah. the three musketeers all together three years ago. And why are why is it, why is the old band not wanting to get back together or whatever? Yeah. And she's not realizing that uh, uh, Mariah was like sixteen and like you know yeah. and like really like wasn't fucking with her parents and she's grown now, ish. Mm-hmm. And you know she's looking at things much more differently because she's three years older and that's a significant time to be three years older yeah i also need to quickly hit on this thing this theory that i have that i actually saw a lot uh for people that don't know i'm in sober i've been sober for a long time but i got sober when i was like 25 so i had a lot of friends from ages like 20 to 30 right that were like getting sober who had been pretty severe drug addicts in high school and while mm-hmm. i had issues in high school i i went to high school i went to college and there was a real big difference between the people that had normal-ish high school college experiences and those that didn't. And what I realized is that people that don't get traditional socialization really struggle with stuff like this because they don't know how to have conflict and they don't know how to fight. And like, Mm -hmm. I learned how to have fights with my friends at 16, right? Like I learned how to have fights because that's kind of part of like what high school and college is, is learning how to have relationships with other people, Mm -hmm. good and bad. And Olivia, who was homeschooled, who didn't go to college, who got married at 18, who really doesn't have a ton of friends as far as we know, I think what we're seeing here is somebody that doesn't know how to have conflict with people, really. And she's, like, learning a hard lesson that really sucks to learn at 24 when it's your husband and sister-in-law and best friend that most of us learn at 16 when the stakes are a lot lower, right? Because we're 16 and we're in high school. And that is, like, a real issue that I notice. And when I, like, notice that, like, one of my best friends from Florida when I was living in Florida was also sober, like, truly was basically didn't go to high school because she was like such a severe drug addict and never had friends. And like, I realized I was like, Oh my, when we would fight, which didn't happen often, but you know, we were roommates It happened every once in a while. I was like, she doesn't know how to have fights with friends. And that's like a really important social skill that I don't think Olivia has. And Mariah, I think because Mariah is younger than Olivia, she's learning it better than Olivia did because a lip poor Olivia got married off when she was 18 and Mariah doesn't have to deal with that. Well, yeah. And like another part of that is like not only your relationships with other people, but like how you relate to other people's relationships with other yes, people. Yes. Yes. It's a huge thing. And yeah, I think that's like really what's missing here. Yeah. I mean, we're watching a bunch of fucking freak homeschoolers. <laughs> Sorry, sorry to say, but like, that's what we're watching. Like, and Mariah, at least Mariah didn't get married off. You know what I mean? And she's getting to kind of like learn this on her own. And Olivia, 
for as annoyed as I am with her in this episode, like I do have so much empathy for like her going from this fundy lifestyle to getting married at 19 years old to some guy she had met four fucking times in person. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then his mom is Kim Plath. <laughs> and his sister is Lydia. And let's move on. And to he's episode. Ethan. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, let's move on to the second episode. Yeah. I feel like there's like a little bit less to talk about here. Way I mean, less. Micah goes, goes on a date with Antia and, you know, he's like doing this thing where, you know, was, we're just like trying to do like this Micah's dating life in LA situation. Nobody cares. Okay. They, like, they need to figure out Micah. They, they need do. to figure it out because this LA thing is, you know, it's not for me. And it really is jarring from the rest of the show. It doesn't make any sense. They, they need to have everybody else move out to LA or something so that he's going to be part of it. He's very needed on the show. Yeah. He's He's great on the show, but this is like truly the producers trying to figure it out. And I do understand their thought process because it's like, oh, is it interesting to watch one of the kids go off on their own and like build their own life? And like to an extent it is, but it's not interesting watching like losers walk around LA. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I don't care about you, like, kicking at your friend's aunt's house or whatever. It, yeah. You know. Um, I mean, I do feel like I like Antia. I just don't really care about Oh, she's about pretty. Her. She's nice. I like. Yeah. I mean, I think she seems great. I just don't give a fuck about her. Exactly. Like, I love a husky-voiced woman. Oh, apparently so does Jane Lynch. Um, <laughs> and she, yeah, like, she seems very confident. <laughs> that was so uh, funny. That Jane Lynch thing. <laughs> If you guys didn't hear this, she she tweeted the other day, like, I love women. I am a woman. But some of you, like, women podcasters need to, re- like, lower your voices and realize how grating and annoying it is. And, like, I'm sorry. And if you think that's sexist, then I don't know what to tell you. By the way, when I first saw that tweet, I, like, read the first three words. And I was like, oh, Jane Lynch, a- Jane Lynch is a turf. Because, you know, anytime a celebrity is, like, tweeting oh. about being a woman, I'm yes. like, oh, they're transphobe. Yeah. But then it just went on to like shit on women's voices. And I was laughing so hard. I was like, why would you tweet this? Send yeah. that in a text, girl. <laughs> yeah, like truly put it in a cute group chat and like leave it there. Um yeah, no, I thought she was gonna say the same. I thought it was gonna be something about like women in sports to keep women at like some Caitlyn Jenner shit. Like, and I was yeah. like, oh no, here here go hell come. It was a lot more stupider than that, but <laughs> So, uh, yeah, um, I did like that Antia, she was asking Micah about his love life and she made mention in a confessional being like, you know, I make a point to ask guys about that because a lot of guys would be like, oh, my exes were crazy or they were bitches. And Micah didn't say that when I asked him about his dating history and like that really meant a lot to her. I know. I was like, okay, love her. Also, Micah, is he just fully lying talking about having three serious relationships? I have no idea. I'm like, babe, we've been watching you on TV since you're 17. <laughs> yeah, I hope you're not talking about um that girl from that you were modeling with, fake modeling. <laughs> whatever her name was, Madison or whatever. Um yeah, I mean he's trying to play like, you know, I don't know if I really want to be in a relationship because all of the relationships around me are crumbling and should never have started to begin with. But like I also want to be uh, you know, in a relationship and have that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, she's like, no, that's bullshit. <laughs> also, did you hear him say that Olivia and Ethan were separated for nine months? Mm-hmm. I said, excuse me? Yep. 
Yep. For how long? <laughs> Quite a bit of time. Quite a bit of time. And she was like living with a friend or something. Yeah. I was like, huh, that, that feels different than the story that we've heard. Mm-hmm. Sure does. Sure does. Um, if anybody's interested in the type of woman Micah does and does not want, um, he does not want you to be entitled, controlling, or insecure, but he does love humility and kindness. Okay. Um, they run lines together, whatever. I did like that Micah said that he has like a four date policy. He's like, I'll definitely see her three more times because that's how many times I'll know if this is a good idea or not. I'm like, okay, well, good for you for giving it a good effort. Oh gosh, just classic <laughs> Micah. That's sick. Um, okay, so then Ethan and Mariah are hanging out. Ethan's making birthday dinner for Olivia. They haven't. And I mean, all three of them, these emotionless robots, have not really talked <laughs> talked about what happened since they got back from Cairo. But Ethan's once like, again, yeah, if I if this is I cannot wrap my head around this because we would have spent the whole car ride back fighting. We would have come <laughs> home and fight. We would have been I would have been sending eight paragraph long text messages. I would have been making him like sit down with me for hours. I I cannot relate. I don't understand this. Everybody needs to know my feelings. I, I'm fully with you like i don't understand. Well, I have a podcast how do you guys just like talk around the elephant in the room this is like a really big deal about a dead boy <laughs> how you're just like okay like you guys want to watch some netflix now like wh- how do you do that i i i truly don't know it's so weird to me <laughs> Ethan's making birthday dinner because he's like, you know, even though we haven't spoke spoken, that doesn't mean I can't do something nice for her. So I'm going to make her dinner. It looked good. I was actually proud of him. I mean, it ended up good, but I was very concerned at um, Big Nathan being like, why don't you make a sauce out of soy milk and balsamic vinegar? Like he was a fucking McPoyle from It's Always Sunny. Like, ew. (laughs) I'm like, that's not what soy sauce is. Oh my god, you weird! Oh my god, Liz. Yes, I didn't even realize that that's what he meant. Thought soy sauce I was. I think that's what he was saying. That is so funny. <laughs> that is so funny. Oh my god! I mean, fortunately, it did end up like it. They just put some salt and pepper on it, and it looked really good. Okay, when like- she cut into that steak, I was like, "Wait, did he actually cook that like perfectly medium rare?" perfectly like it had a nice beer on the outside like it was beautiful uh when she got into that i was expecting it to be like white like i was shocked at that beautiful pinkish red color or just like grainy hard (laughs) brown i was like do you think production like accepted and cooked for him it was like don't you can't eat meat that you cook that way right because how did he know to do it in the cast iron youtube maybe i don't know maybe good for him um, yeah, it looked delicious. I mean, the potatoes looked pretty floppy. It was just like some shredded cheese melted into an open potato, but you know, whatever. Um, so they're like kind of talking about how they're planning on going to Jamaica for Ethan's birthday, but basically, Ethan tells uh, Olivia that Mariah's planning on going back to Cairo again. He's probably going to go, and you know, he you know it basically like mariah and ethan are like we kind of feel some sort of responsibility to be with the family at this moment um yeah and i don't know like they're having a nice conversation olivia and 
Ethan, but Ethan's like, yeah, she's being really cute and flirtatious, but like, I really wish that she would just apologize to me. Uh, okay. Like, really helping. <laughs> if I was Olivia and I did all that because I used to be kind of crazy, right? And like had crazy anxiety and mental health issues. Mm-hmm. I would wake up the next morning being like ready to die. Like I would be hysterically crying, apologizing. <laughs> like, yeah. like uh, the first thing I would be like, please, 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 please forgive me. I'm so sorry. Just like stop, like full Dorinda cry, his apologizing. You know mm-hmm. how she does that? Like that would be me. I would be so mad at myself. I would be apologizing every minute of the day. And this is where I'm like, question mark, question mark, question mark at Olivia, because I know why Ethan hasn't talked about it, right? I know why Mariah hasn't talked about it. Why, what, what's going on with Liv? What's going on with old Livy? What, yeah. like, how, this is not the Olivia we know. Like, did she have some sort of break? Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't get it. Like, the Olivia that we know would apologize. Yeah. And I forgot to mention that Mariah early were, was like, yeah, I'm not going to bring this shit up. I don't feel like it's my responsibility. And she's, so. I mean, she's right. But also like, once again, I don't get it. <laughs> right. <laughs> Cause like, like I said, we would have been fighting. Yeah. The three of us would have been in the car fighting on the way home. Right. And then if Mariah tried to like not be part of the conversation, I would have turned around and been like, what do you have to say, Mariah? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm totally with you. Cause like I can't I can't just kiki with you if I'm feeling anything. Like no. put this on the red table. I it's- also am like a walking like wall of guilt. Like I yeah. like I cannot deal with guilt like that. And I would like melt down if I wasn't like working my hardest to say sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm always operating from a place of like what was my responsibility in this? Yeah. And- so, yeah, like, I just don't, I can't relate to this. At that, all. I think, goes back to the core of Olivia's issues that I think haven't been as obvious to us, the viewer, because Ethan's such a fucking baby and, like, so annoying to watch that, like, Olivia has almost always been in the right. So we haven't experienced this before. But mm-hmm. watching Olivia be wrong and not be able to admit she's wrong has really, to me, like, said a lot about her character that I don't like. Yeah, I like I, part of me is like, what if she's one of those people who are just so embarrassed that they just like have to bury it deep and down? But like, that doesn't make it okay. And I also don't think she is that way because she is yeah. willing to talk about everything wrong with Ethan. True. True. And she gets to imagine if the world's were reversed and Ethan didn't apologize to her the next day. Oh, she would have been like halfway to her friend's house to, to stay the night. Yeah, and she would have been right. And now it's been weeks and they have not discussed this. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now they're talking about how Barry texted her happy birthday. <laughs> like, great girl. Um, yeah, she's like, you know, I I just, you know, like, I don't know what my future is for me and Kim. But, like, I do know that Ethan eventually wants to reach out to her and, like, selfishly, I'm not feeling that great about it. It's like, okay, well, as long as you know you're being selfish. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um he also got her a motorcycle jacket which like okay like I thought that was I was like wow he like went shopping and like bought her something I guess it's nice that he bought her clothes like I don't know I think there's something sweet about buying somebody clothes especially a man for a woman yeah it's like thoughtful once my dad (laughs) for Christmas one year he had been watching a lot of what not to wear and was like really into (laughs) 
And they were always recommending people wear leather jackets. And he like went to Boscov's and like bought me a leather jacket and it didn't end up fitting. I had to return it. And it was, but it was like the nicest, truly the nicest thing he's ever done for me in my life. And like, I still think of it so fondly because I think there's just something like very thoughtful about like a man thinking like, I the bar is truly in hell for men, but I do, I do think there's something thoughtful about that. Yeah. It, it's endearing. I'm with you. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, he really likes Stacey London. <laughs> that's really cute. It's really funny. <laughs> Straight men are so funny sometimes. Like, if you let them be, they're really hilarious. I think he was, Um, my dad is really into fishing. And so in the summer has, like, really odd hours when he goes fishing. I think he, like, caught a 5 a.m. marathon of it once and, like, got really into it. Uh, you should think about getting a silver streak in your hair. You should think about that. I um, think about it all the time because my gray hair is growing in and I just dyed it for the first time. And now I have to like decide if I, this is what I want to do. It's just, you know, not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a big tough. decision for a white woman to make. <laughs> Kara, these are, this is my struggle. <laughs> I'm reaching across the aisle to support you. Okay. <laughs> Solidarity. <laughs> Oh my God. Okay. So my, Mariah and Ethan end up going back up to Cairo. And then, you know, Mariah says that for the past four years, it's basically been a shit show between her, Ethan, Olivia, Kim, Barry, Lydia, the prayer closet, Jesus, everybody. And everybody's impacted by that dynamic. So she encourages Ethan to talk to Kim and Ethan's like, you know, I'm feeling a little bit better about Kim because she's been respecting my boundaries for once. She's not just like pulling up to everything and like feeling like she's entitled to be there just because everybody else is going to be there. So, you know, I Mm -hmm. respect the fact that she gave me space. And so then Mariah calls Kim while they're in the car. She's like, hey, we're coming up to town and Ethan wants to talk to you. Are you going to be ready in about 13 minutes as we uh, pull up to this place? Um, and this is where, like, they always lose me with the Kim of it all because I'm like, yeah, what? But also that I'm like, well, Kim did raise them. Right. So Kim's like, oh, he wants to talk to me? That's good news, I think. And Ethan <laughs> says, like, bitch, what? <laughs> and then Ryan's like, okay, where do you want to meet up? She's like, not a driveway. And <laughs> Ethan's like, she's being weird. <laughs> They've like ignited Kim. She is like on fire now and cannot help herself. A little too soon for driveway jokes, man. He almost, he almost got into a fight with his dad. In the- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was not a fun time. Not a good time, girl. Oh my gosh. So they meet up at Punky's Pool Hall and the only spot in Cairo, I guess, that in uh, Kim's dance studio. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's their peach pit. Uh, <laughs> Ethan's drinking beer from a straw, which was really funny to me. I did not uh, notice that, but that's <laughs> sick, and he needs to be locked up for that. <laughs> Adding that to my list of reasons I fucking hate Ethan. <laughs> Please do. Um, <laughs> so Ethan's coming in here, just basically like, I want an answer as to why Kim wants a divorce from my dad. And, you know, he's saying his guards up, and how probably he uses that as a coping mechanism, like not feeling anything and just burying them deep and down like a robot. And, you know, even he's like, I try not to feel anything because I feel like even if something's good, it's going to be bad later. Like, that, that's I, like once again, 
it's actually incredible self-awareness to say that like especially the good like not only being like i bury bad stuff but recognizing that he also buries good emotions because he'll be bad like that's really really some good introspection but then it's like a wall he's like okay <laughs> nothing to do about it yeah it's like the gas for air before you go down but like nobody's nobody's trying to drown you bro you're doing this to yourself <laughs> oh my gosh bless him bless him so Okay, so she gets there and Ethan pretty much is like, I want to know why you want to divorce dad. And she basically does her usual spiel about how, you know, the last few minute months she's been realizing that she hasn't been valued. But then she says in a confessional that she's basically so nervous about meeting up with Ethan that she's trying to watch what she says, which, okay, <laughs> we'll see about that. Yeah. Because um, then she First goes on to talk about yeah. She's never been nervous for anything in her fucking life. Never. 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 She, she's been waiting for this. She's been waiting for this. And honestly, I think she's hoping that, that Ethan goes in on her so she can play victim again. Absolutely. Personally, don't think she cares about maintaining a relationship with him, but that's just my opinion. So I don't think she cares as far as like her emotional well-being, but I think she cares as, as in she wants to say that she like won Ethan back. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Which, you know, for a parent is not great. Not good. Not good. <laughs> so cause she goes on to say that, like, she was hoping that she would just stick around in the marriage for another 10 years until, like, Mercy turned out 18. But she realized she couldn't do it. And Ethan says in a confessional, like, yeah, he understands that, even if it's not mutual. Like, people realize that they're not happy sometimes. But he's also kind of feeling some type of the way of, like, the fact that Kim raised these children in a very specific and strict manner. And now she's going out and living her best life and popping her pussy wherever she wants and what's all this about you know and so fair question yeah and this i think all comes back to the fact that like kim as bad as her childhood was right we know that she was molested she had an alcoholic mother she's alluded to something happening in college that i always took as an assault right that like got her into church um yeah. As bad as it all was, she still got to experience, like, a normal life, right? And then she made the active choice to right. go into this fundamental lifestyle. And now she's like, well, I think I'll just live the normal life again. And for her, it's just, like, phases of life. But for her kids, this is all they've known and the only choice they've had. And they really get into it when she's like, well, I would. what would you have wanted me to do? He's like, you don't understand. I didn't have a choice because of the way you raised me. Like, they're talking about Olivia and he's... He's like, I shouldn't have had to get married at 19 so I could, like, date somebody. And she's like, but you loved Olivia. And even if we wanted to stop you, you wouldn't have. He said, because I didn't know there was any other option. Yeah. She the way keep, that you raised me. She keeps making so light of his very real um, feelings. And it's so frustrating. And I feel really bad for him because. I, awful. He's awful. like how would you have raised or if would you have raised the kids differently like looking back and she's like well you know we still do some things like you know we're not allowed to have soda in the house and, except for ginger you know, ale after some birthday yeah, parties post-birthday ginger ale and he's like yeah i'm not really talking about the soda and the sugar and the access to that my issues were like uh yeah the fact that i'm not educated and having to date okay and, like the right wrong Ethan is like fully literate I really wonder. 
I really, really do. Last week. Like, uh, I think he can read, but like, could does Ethan have read? Like, could Ethan do like, um, like a GED level reading comprehension test? Like, I don't think so. That's a great question. That's a, I would wonder. I would wonder because like Mariah doesn't know how to type. That which is wild. Uh, Lydia, we know, doesn't know how to spell disturb at the very, that's at least one word that she doesn't know how to spell. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, I've said that I fully and like, and I truly mean this, that I feel like it's child abuse oh. to have access that they have and for your child to be 18 and not be able to like be functional on the computer at this day and age. I just think that that's like, you're setting your child back. It literally is. It's educational abuse. The fact that like crazy conservative evangelicals lobbied their state so hard that they got all homeschooling regulations removed so that they could raise their kids this way and not give them educations is Mm -hmm. fucking child neglect. It's so messed up it's so under talked about the amount of children that are being actively abused by their parents by not getting proper education because they're homeschooling them is so messed up and Ethan is so right and I mean Kim okay there are a bunch of things I want to say about this one this is so obviously a conversation of an abuser and a victim that the victim Mm -hmm. has had this conversation in his head a thousand times Mm -hmm. and the abuser is hearing it for the first time and is like huh what do you even talk? What? Huh? Yep. And I never, I don't think these conversations are ever very productive. Um, right. Because like there truly is nothing Kim could say that would make any of this better. And also like not to defend Kim in any way, but like. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. To spring this all on someone, like they're just never going to give you the response that you want, right? But yeah. I also think it was probably really like empowering for Ethan to finally stand up to Kim in this way that had nothing to do with Olivia, right? Like this has nothing Completely. to do with his marriage. This is about my childhood. And I think that, like, it's so obvious that Kim has no ability to really self-reflect because like even in the talking head, she's not giving it any thought. Ethan's like, you didn't teach me school. And in the talking head, she's like, Ethan didn't like computers. The reason he's so good at building cars is because I saw that he was good with his hands. And so I got him out in the barn. So he has me to thank for that. And like, Ethan is like, you should have taught me to read. And she's like, but you know, you didn't like books. He's like, but I was a child 
I'll have a child one day and I'm going to make them learn to read. Like the fact that in the talking heads, she's not reflective at all. Cause as much as I hate Kim, I can understand sitting down in that conversation and just being so blindsided and like not giving the answers that you want. But you would think a non-abusive person and a non like narcissistic type person in the talking head would be like, fuck. Right. It's so wild that he's like, because really like he's laying it all out for you. He's saying, I felt behind in education and you can't say like, oh, I tried to like hone your other skills and you had this passion and I let you do it. Um, and look at how happy you are when, but he's telling you now that he feels behind and he feels some type of way about that. So like, you can't rewrite history because <laughs> he's telling you currently that he's felt this way the entire time. So like, to try to rewrite it as like, you should be grateful. It didn't even like, penetrate Kim's mind. It like, no. it didn't, it didn't even push in the tiniest bit you would think that a non if Kim was just a person who had made mistakes you know what I mean like even if in the moment she was really defensive you would think later on she would at least be thinking about it she is like fully on her my mom was bad so I did everything else uh the opposite and so you should be grateful for that because you didn't have my childhood but what she doesn't comprehend is that her kids didn't have her childhood so they don't have that comparison they don't understand kim's childhood because they didn't have it and so what kim is doing and i actually find this uh you know a lot of my friends are like young parents or their parents of young kids who had shitty parents and they are projecting their feelings onto their kids a lot like so one of my good friends will like yell at her kid she feels so awful because she knows how awful it felt when her mom yelled at her and i'm like But your kids have a foundation of love. And most of their memories are good memories of you loving them. You didn't have any of those good memories. So all you had was yelling memories. So your kids are not feeling the same way that you did. And you need to stop projecting that onto them. And that's kind of what's happening here. Because Kim's like, you should just be grateful that you didn't have a mom like me. And it's like, but I don't have that comprehension. I don't know what that's like. I only know you. And the way that you acted is the only way that I can feel. And I can't feel grateful that I didn't have a mom like you. Because I don't know what the fuck that's like exactly I have no perspective into what that would mean and like now all these children are having to like use this phrase like the sins of the father like they're having to deal with the things that she's trying to course correct but she should be doing that in her own life and not putting this all on her children yeah and it goes really restricted it also goes to show that extremism isn't healing, right? Like that you don't find healing through extremism. And that's what Kim did. She just like leaned into not even the church, like into independent fundamentalist baptism, whatever this like extreme crunchy lifestyle, this like isolationist life. She just leaned into that and then didn't have to think about her problems anymore. And I also kind of wonder like what is going to happen with Kim in another few years that she's like not in this crazy restrictive lifestyle uh-huh yeah like, like a like a preacher's kid goes to college for the first year yes yes <laughs> like i i'm very curious about that because i don't think she actually dealt with any of her shit she just like took on this new persona of having kids every year and homeschooling her kids and being insane and yeah yeah it's just the fact that like kim is she's so selfish She's so, like, driven by her own 
thoughts and behaviors. I mean, I always think back to when she took Mariah to visit that college. And I mean, one, I think she knew that Mariah was an academically capable of college, which was Kim's fault. But when she was yeah. like, I wasted so much money on college, like basically being like, Mariah can't go to college because I didn't do well yep. in college. I think about that all the time because she ended up like in her senior year having to work and then she had to drop out because she like couldn't pay and then do, you know, couldn't do the work-life balance and it's like okay so now your children don't get to go to college because you fucked up yeah and that's her whole life and she has no like perspective of that and that's why ethan's like never i mean i'm very happy for ethan honestly that he said sat down and said this i think Mm -hmm. it's really important for him it's important for his healing i think that it being on the table and him realizing that kim will never apologize for it or authentically apologize for it is actually really healing in some ways because then you can accept your mom as who she is. Right. And like, this is who she is. My dad has changed so much since I was a child, but there are so many fucking things about him that I hate. And I, I learned that I heard this on Mad Men once, I swear to God, um, where Pete Campbell is going to call his abusive mother with some good news. And Trudy, his wife goes, don't go to the empty well for water. And like, I always try and think of that. Like, if I want emotional support, I don't go to my dad because he's not capable of giving that to me. Mm-hmm. Like, don't go to that well for water when I know it's not in there. And I hope for Ethan that, like, actually getting to have this conversation he's probably been wanting to have for many years, getting this type of response, he can be like, okay, I can have some sort of relationship with her, but I know she's never going to apologize. I know this is the type of person she has. So now I get to decide where we go from here. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like, yeah, I, it's good to, even if it's not the ideal answer to have an answer, because now you're not wondering like, what could be, what potential could there be? Like, could things be different now? You know, this is what it is. And you have the freedom to like move forward with that and the power to like have that knowledge. Knowledge is power, you guys. And I also want to bring out the point that this is not the first child that's had this conversation with Kim, but it's happened very differently with Lydia, who was like also asking the question of why are you getting a divorce when I've been leaning into this Jesus is my boyfriend thing this whole time. And now here you are looking at me like I'm crazy, but you taught me this shit this whole time. So I I was kind of like with her, like you're the one who who made me fundamentalist. And now you're like, (laughs) of course, of course. I think like, Lydia has a very legitimate reason for being upset. Also, like, don't raise your kids to be judgmental Christian pricks if you don't want them to be judgmental Christian pricks towards you. Towards you, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Teach uh, them to be loving and open Christians, and they'll be loving and open Christians towards you when you make changes in your faith. And let the church say amen, okay? <laughs> so Kim says in a confessional that she like put her whole life into her children and trying to correct the mistakes that her mom made. Me, me, and- me, 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 my, 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 me, my, me, my is all yep. she says. And to have a kid turn around and say that she didn't do enough is just mind blowing to her. She was hurt that he said that she didn't try. Because yeah. Kim was like, at least I tried to give you everything that my mother didn't. He said, I don't think you tried. And mm-hmm. I think that was kind of shocking to her because I think once again, cause she thinks her kids understand her childhood and their childhood in comparison to hers, that they just assume that she tried her hardest. 
Right. And I also feel like they're talking about two different types of try. Like, I yeah. oh. think she's being lazy, where she feels like I dedicated my whole life to you guys. Just being there was a dedication. But he's like, but you didn't do anything. <laughs> so. Yes. She, he's saying you didn't try hard enough to be the mother that we needed. She's saying I tried hard not to be my mother. Yeah. And those are two very different things. Very different yep. things. Yep, 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 yep. So yeah, she now feels like it, it. She's victimizing herself to me, and it feels like she feels like Ethan has turned on her. And it's like, babe, Ethan was never on your side. Yeah, he didn't turn never. on you. He just was able to leave your house finally, right, and create some boundaries. So, by the way, like, there's so much more shit that Kim did that he didn't bring up that I've heard him talk about. The fact that Kim never took them to the doctor ever. Mm. Because she's a neuropathy. Remember? Remember that from season one? Yep. Uh, So they just, like, never saw the doctor. Like, they would have, like, serious injuries and never go to the hospital. Like, it goes way beyond not teaching these kids to read. Yeah. It's, It's wild. So she realizes that she can't win this conversation about the education. So she's like, okay, well, what about the dating? What about the dating stuff? And, um, uh, She's like, well, you know, we may have approached dating a little bit differently. And he's like, yeah, well, he does say in a confessional, I do feel like some of this had to do with the church's influence. Yeah. But nonetheless. I don't really believe that Kim and Barry are true believers. I think that they picked the most restrictive uh, church possible to abuse their children, which I feel... I mean, I've talked extensively about the Duggars on my uh, Patreon podcast, and this is how I feel about a lot of these independent fundamentalist Baptist people who don't even go to church, who like make their own churches and their homes. It's like right for a narcissistic abuser because they're God. Yeah, it's it's a means to an end. You're using the religion to control, and it's really not about like the higher power and whatever you might be getting. It's just about control. Totally. Oh, my God. So, um. Kim tries to act like, you know, maybe we just didn't relay the message to you guys that, like, well, he's like, you know, you basically didn't give us any options outside of, like, courting for the sole purpose of marriage. And she's like, well, maybe Barry and I didn't necessarily communicate that, like, courting, you are supposed to be looking for red flags and things that might come up and not just, like, use that uh, as the only option. That person is your only option. Maybe we just missed that. My bad. (laughs) It's so... If Kim could just be like, yeah, babe, I was wrong. (laughs) Like, oops. At least that wouldn't make anything, like, it wouldn't change anything. But at least it would give Ethan, like, some sort of an apology. Like, she won't say sorry for anything. Yeah, instead of just being like, well, you know, even if we were going to give you options, you were so head over heels with Olivia that nothing we said could have changed your mind, right? And he's like, yeah, that's not the point. Yeah, he's like, yeah, they couldn't because you spent my whole life teaching me a certain thing yeah this is beyond olivia you know like this is beyond how i specifically felt about olivia this is how i understood the world to be because of the way you taught me to view the world that's the problem yep that's exactly what now i'm in this fucking loveless marriage because i wanted to like go on a date with olivia I thought this was my only way and then i'm growing up realizing there are other options and now I'm you guys are growing up and realizing your options options that were never available to me in the first place and I'm feeling a little bit frustrated I can't imagine how how that must feel 
I would be enraged. Also, like, the fact that we're not talking about the elephant in the room, which is they're on TV and Kim now has money of her own probably for the first time in her life. And mm-hmm. she has fame and, like, how that's affecting everything. Because that's the big, like, oh, what changed in the last few years? <laughs> yeah, her world opened up. Yeah. What's changed about this family in the last <laughs> few years? Could it be that now Kim Plath is a television star and she has access to her own money so she doesn't have to be married to Barry anymore? Yeah. Could it be that, like, Dr. Miami's probably hitting her DMs up asking her if she wants free surgery? Oh, my Do God. Graham Live? Like, yeah. First of all, first of all, <laughs> Kim would look so good because she has good proportions. Like, Kim, Kim's got a body and with a little, like, tummy. I, she does not need this. I'm not saying no. this, but, like, she would look some people look crazy after they do that. She would look good. She's got hips and curves and a little mommy makeover. Good. Yeah, she would. Yeah. Look, she would look nice. She's a good. Yeah, I mean, unlike Brie from Teen Mom, who's exactly like, carrying a wet diaper in her pants at all times. Unbelievable. Oh God, that she's had like eight BBLs at this point. <laughs> it's not funny, but it's like, what is going? I have all the questions for Brianna and not a single answer. Okay. I don't know if she's capable of giving answers, unfortunately. (laughs) Does not seem to be the case. um, Ethan asked Kim if she has any regrets with like um, cutting off the kids from he and Olivia when uh, they were fighting and you know, if she has any remorse for that situation, if she would have done everything. And Kim just uses another excuse of how she'd never been in a situation like that with Olivia and Ethan and Barry. And, you know, she never wanted to hurt them. And Ethan softballed her the easiest question. Right. Uh, Like that one would be so easy to be like, I'm really sorry. We really messed that up. And I understand that we're here because like, looking back, I don't really know why we jumped that hard. But we did, and I'm sorry. And you know what? I do regret that. And it's why, I'm sure this is hard to hear, but it's why I haven't been like that with Micah and Mariah. Because, like, I learned a lesson, and I, I wish I didn't do that. It's just such an easy one that she doesn't even have to, like, defend her parenting over. Right. Because that is the one that, like, doesn't make any sense and that she had no experience with. And, like, she, she has made a an actual change right because we she didn't do that with Micah Mariah and like Mm -hmm. we've actually seen her make a change I mean who knows what her motivations are but she has actually made that change that's such an easy one to be like yeah we fucked up with that yeah yeah someday she's gonna realize that Ethan did for Olivia what uh Barry would have never done for her and she's gonna find that really admirable (laughs) you know what we don't give Ethan enough credit. Yeah, it took him a little while, but, like, he did cut off his parents for her. hmm He did. Because I think he would have been content, and I'm using that word very loosely, like, just continuing on having the shitty relationship with the both oh. of them. And, like, I 100%. think he would have been, like, okay with that, in, you know, what, loosely. I'm, 100%. He would have lived the rest of his life that way. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, help us. <laughs> help us all. Um, yeah, so Ethan, I mean, at this point, Ethan's like, yeah, I just he knows that this isn't going anywhere. He, like, he's not gonna get the sort of closure that he wants out of this situation. Mm-hmm. He's like, 
know, I just really like, I don't love having conversations like this, but I would say that this is probably the best conversation I've had with my mom uh, in a while, because at least she heard what I was saying. And, you know, like a lot of times I have hate for my mom because she really pushes my buttons, but overall she is my mom and I love her. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just him making peace with the situation, I think. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like I, in a way, I think hearing her like refuse to admit it, he can be like, okay, now I can figure out what I want going forward. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I, you know, he basically is like, I don't really know what our relationship's going to look like, but you know, he's like, I think maybe we could be amicable. And she's like, what word was that? He's like amicable. And she's like, oh, so you, so you do know some big words. And he's like, oh, okay, again, too soon. What is wrong with her? <laughs> she's a monster, a true monster. She's no, not funny. So she's much a- happened in these two episodes. Like, holy shit. I loved it. They so did not much happen. They did not hug when they left each other. No, uh, Ethan's like, I'm never going to hug you again. Yeah. <laughs> Just take that off the table, hon. <laughs> I don't see it in our future. <laughs> um, But yeah, she seems to be like, you know, maybe we could be friends in the future. And it's like, why? Do... I mean, I know that like parents have a friendly relationship, but I don't even like, she acts like she doesn't even consider him her son. Like, no. Like the person she has beef with. I mean, she's very detached from her children. Very. I mean, but look, when you have 11 children in 13 years. Yeah. Like, and then you run over one of them um, and kill him. Uh, um, uh, I, I, I just, I don't know how you don't emotionally, like, cut off all feelings. Like... Yeah, that's a good point. The postpartum on top of the grief of killing your child, on top of, like, just being totally overwhelmed. Like, I don't know where you go from there. Yeah. It's a recipe for disaster. And yeah. Welcome to Plathville, everybody. <laughs> uh, Liz, thank you so much for talking about this. This was, like, really two great episodes to have somebody on with. So. Oh, you're so uh, welcome. Hi, guys. Kara Berry here with a little bit of a captain's log. So, had a great conversation with Liz Bentley, right? You just heard that. Um, unfortunately, uh, the internet ended up getting cut off uh, right as Liz was plugging her podcast. So, if you're one of the three people who haven't heard and are a fan of Feathers in My Hair, her podcast all about Teen Mom, or her Patreon, where she talks about quite literally everything um, at Liz Explains, you can check them out. I will put the links to uh, her socials in the episode description. So just check those out below. Okay, have a good one. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for speaking.